Missouri has a new quarterback for the 2024 cycle. And speaking of 2024, I don't know about you, but I noticed that the eight-game schedule for Mizzou in the SEC looked quite a bit what I felt like the nine-game was going to look like. So let's talk about those ramifications and much more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube and the SiriusXM app now as well. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And well, obviously the big news yesterday on the Mizzou beat is Aiden Glover is your new 2024 Missouri quarterback commit. And I say new because it wasn't that long ago, just what, a couple weeks ago or something that Daniel Kalen, the Bellevue, Nebraska product decommitted from Missouri to go to Nebraska. Nebraska been putting most of its eggs in the in the five-star basket of another player, a, a legacy Cornhusker who ended up committing to the Georgia Bulldogs as one of the top overall players in the class period. But you know what? Daniel, or excuse me, Daniel, Aiden Glover, that was the previous guy, Aiden Glover's a pretty interesting commitment. He seems to have good size at 6'3", 195 pounds, fairly decent runner, Looks to have a decent arm on film, but as I've said many times here recently, I think I'm kind of out of the high school recruiting evaluation business. I think I'm going to leave that one to the professionals, especially when all you have is four or five minutes typically online of literally highlights. There are no lowlights. There are no incompletions. There are certainly no interceptions, no sacks, no poor decision-making anything like that. And I will say, man, these high schools, they are they are upping their game a little bit. We've even got drone photography now, drone cams. So that makes the evaluations a little bit easier when you get some real coaches cam there. But, you know, again, I'm not going to get too deep into what this commitment means. Aiden Glover, I believe out of the, the state of the state of Tennessee, right? I'm quickly trying to find this here. I believe he's a Tennessee kid. I could be wrong. But regardless it looks like Eli Drinkwitz has his one quarterback for this class, and that has appeared to always been his plan here while at Missouri is to get at least one quarterback in each class. And you can see why with the amount of movement in the portal now, even previously in college football, quarterback had the most movement of any position, right? It's the one position other than place kicker and punter, I suppose, where there is really no rotation in and out. And frankly, while Again, take all of this with a gigantic truckload of Morton salt, but I was a little bit more impressed with Daniel Kalen at first glance than I was at Aiden Glover. But again, given the paltry amount of information that is actually available, what do I know? Well, practically nothing. So again, not the biggest deal in the world whatsoever. But hey, speaking of things I, I take with a grain of salt, it's pro football focus and their grades when it comes to college football players. I think PFF does a better job when it comes to evaluating NFL individual players, but when it comes to college, I just have to question 
some of the results with my own eyes, and I do just have to question the amount of, of, of quality staff that they have to dedicate toward, I don't know, middling to low-tier SEC football games. But at the same time, it does make you raise your eyebrows and you see a graphic put out recently that had Realis George as the number one highest graded returning SEC defensive tackle for this coming season. And a couple guys you'll know at number two and three as well. Number two, Makai Wingo, of course, the former Missouri Tiger, current LSU Tiger. And number three, Darius Robinson. So Missouri with two of the top three returning graded SEC defensive tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. Again, take that with a grain of salt, but it is worth noting that only Georgia had two other players in the top 10 among defensive tackles here. So it does speak to the point that Missouri seems to be really good on the interior, seems to be comfortable with their interior on the defensive line. It looks like they're looking even further at possibly adding more depth on the outside, a defensive end, clearly just trying to throw as many options at the wall and see what sticks at that position, whether it is somebody like, you know, Mizzou legacy Joe Moore, son of former running back Joe Moore, that type of thing, the Arizona State transfer, or maybe it's some guys on the current roster who have yet to pop, some younger cats who maybe were higher-ranked guys, maybe Kyron Robinson, guys like that. You know, excuse me, I think I got his last name wrong. Montgomery, there we go. Kyron Montgomery, I recovered. We stuck the landing after all. But again, I just think that Missouri defense, the point here is that Missouri defense has a chance to be really, really good. I think Rakestraw, Ennis Rakestraw, Chris Abrams-Drain, among the best corner duos in the entire country, quite honestly. So you got that to start. You got some really good linebackers. This could be an elite defense this coming fall. Will the offense be able to hold up its end of the bargain? Well, we'll find out. And coming up, of course, the SEC released its 2024 football schedule for, you know, not this upcoming season. Obviously, two seasons from now, this is going to be the first season with Oklahoma and Texas. So that really explains the excitement leading up toward this announcement. And hopefully you saw in your podcast feed just yesterday or late Wednesday night that, yes, we at Locked On did a live stream, including yours truly reacting to Missouri's schedule. So I want to give you more takes on that coming up, including how this eight-game structure looked a lot like for Missouri what I would have expected the nine-game structure to look like. So let's talk about what I expect that season and in 2025 as well. But first, I want to tell you about bird dogs because, ah, yes, darn it, I broke my foot, so no more no more golf here for a month or two. So I won't be able to use bird dogs for that, but no hard cast, so we'll still be jumping into the pool here this afternoon. So no, my summer is not destroyed. But regardless of what you're doing this summer, I really think that bird dogs stretch khaki shorts, for instance, are designed specifically to fit slimmer through the thigh and your leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. If you got nice legs like this podcaster, you're going to want to show those babies off this summer. Believe you me. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for your free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. 
Locked On's NBA Draft Special is here, and it's bigger than ever, so follow along the entire first round in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On Big Board on YouTube and wherever you get audio podcasts as well. And hey, if, if Kobe Brown happens to get taken in that program, we're going to get to hear from your boy, John Miller, at Locked On Mizzou. So again, that's NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to find Locked On's NBA Draft Mock Special. Mock Draft Special, excuse me. And speaking of specials, well, a bit of a special occasion a couple days ago. The SEC really changing up its scheduling format, although maybe not to the extent we expected a month or two ago. I think most of us expected a nine-game schedule coming in 2024. I still expect it to come in 2025. And a large reason for that is, well, the rumored threesome, for instance, that Missouri was going to have, the rumored three permanent opponents under a nine-game structure, was always, for the most part, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Those are the two big ones that were almost certainly going to be in there. And for the most part, people had settled on Vanderbilt. That was the information that most people were getting is that Missouri was going to get Vanderbilt on an annual basis. Well, you notice that even though it's only an eight game format for 2024, Missouri still had those three opponents. And I reached out to my fellow locked on hosts throughout the Southeastern Conference. And for the most part, a lot of those teams did have their three as well. and At the very least, two that they expected under what I still expect is going to be a nine-game structure at some point in the future in this conference. And speaking of in the future, speaking into 2025, obviously the Texas Longhorns not on the schedule for Missouri in 2024, but I have to think that the Tigers will see Texas in 2025. I really think that's going to be a priority for the conference. That's a big reason why they've gotten rid of this division format is so you can see everybody throughout this gigantic, now I'll just call it a 16-team super conference for all intents and purposes. So I absolutely think Missouri will renew its rivalry with Texas in 2025, whether it's in Austin and Columbia, who can say at this point, but it will be fun to see that matchup happen. I'll certainly be hyping it up as the team that left the Big 12 for the SEC and the team that sort of made the Tigers leave the conference and the Texas Longhorns. Now, while most of you obviously have seen this schedule already, it doesn't hurt just to run through it real quickly here. 2024, of course, we're talking two seasons from now. We still haven't even gotten through 2023, but let's just start with the home games. We got Arkansas at home. That's a game Missouri has, well, frankly, mostly won over the over the years. In fact, 100% of the time, correct me if I'm wrong, in the SEC, Missouri has won that ball game. Vanderbilt, well, we can't say the same. Vandy has won in Columbia, sadly, but you know, if you're Missouri, you got to expect to win that game too. Auburn, such a weird game against the Tigers last season at Al- in Al- in the state of Alabama, of course. I'm glad that again, this is the good part about the getting rid of divisions. Maybe there's a little bit less familiarity with some teams, but with a whole bunch of other teams, there's much more familiarity. I'm glad that we're not going to have to wait six or seven years to have a rematch of that 
Very strange Missouri-Auburn game last season. And of course, Oklahoma in Columbia, that should be a really exciting game. One you're going to want to get your tickets for in 2024. Be interesting to see where Oklahoma is a season from now after this upcoming 2023 season because, well, Lincoln Riley ain't walking through that door, so we're just going to have to see how things play out for Oklahoma. Certainly, they're always going to be a more than formidable opponent, but can they be elite in this conference without Lincoln Riley? I really think that remains to be seen. Now, the road slate definitely gets tougher for Missouri, but I do think it's fairly navigable. Other than, of course, heading to Tuscaloosa against Alabama. Hey, there's your there's your probably likely loss there, but can you absolutely guarantee that Nick Saban is the coach in 2024? I can't. I would bet on it, but at the same time, even if he's not, you still got to bet on Alabama by a couple touchdowns at least at this point. Now, on the other hand, at Mississippi State, at South Carolina, at Texas A&M, those are all potentially toss-up games in a couple years. Clearly, really all three of those programs at this point would probably be rated at least on par, I'd say Mississippi State or even ahead of Missouri at this point. It just seems like, hey, Frank Beamer, the media, the fans, everybody seems to be where hyped on him where they were in preseason of 21 with Eli Drinkwitz. Whether that hype maintains coming into 2024, we'll just have to see. And frankly, Jimbo Fisher's seat is at least a tiny bit lukewarm this season, right? Doesn't seem like that is playing out maybe as everybody expected with the giant amounts of money being thrown around in college stations. So to me, those other three road games, there's no guarantees that Missouri's going to be a gigantic underdog in any of those other than Alabama, of course. And when it comes to Mizzou basketball, it seems like Dennis Gates' roster is mostly set at this point, but there are certainly some reports circulating out there for guys who have offers from Missouri for this coming 23-24 season. So certainly that tells me that Dennis will take somebody if that player is worth it. It also tells me that his take from a month or two ago about, well, rosters, roster limits, they've never been more fluid and, well, we can take whoever we want, basically, is what he was saying. That certainly appears to be the case there as well. But again, since this is the off season, well, it's time for lists and lots of lots of lists. And we're here at Locked On Podcast Network to provide you with many of them. But I got to say, some of them I don't always agree with. I don't always agree with my colleagues at Locked On. And in this one in particular, the top five basketball programs in the SEC, well, Missouri wasn't in the top five. That isn't my quibble. I do have a, a, a take and response to that as well. But one of these top five from my colleagues is frankly mind-boggling. So I want to explain to you my reaction right after this. So your top five Southeastern Conference basketball programs, according to my colleagues at the Locked On Podcast Network, here it is. Number one, you got Alabama, followed by Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Now, I don't know about you all, but there is one real, real bizarre listing there. And no, it's not Missouri being in the top five. And don't get me wrong, I think Dennis Gates... Maybe as soon as even the end of this coming season. But I think in three years, I really think Missouri can be right up there in the top five in this league once again and hopefully stay there for a long time. I think that's a very realistic 
and yes, competitive expectation if you're a Missouri basketball fan. We can get there. I really think so. But no, that's not the one that sticks out like a sore thumb. It's in my opinion, how in the world can you have Kentucky as the fourth best program in the Southeastern Conference? Listen, I'm not going to argue about the last five years here or anything. If that was the schedule, or if that was the, the criteria, I guess, who was the best in the last three to five years or something like that, I could probably get down with this list. But that isn't, that isn't the question, is it? It's the top five basketball programs. So what I take that as, let's say, let's say I, John Miller, am somehow for whatever reason, somebody listens to my podcast and decides this guy's the genius. Everybody in the country wants to hire me as their next basketball coach. Well, if I want to win, it's pretty clear of those five programs, which one I'm going to go to it's Kentucky because let's be real. Take Alabama who is number one there and Auburn. Number three, those two programs have well, quite a bit in common. Number one, clearly basketball is not their number one thing. Football is both Alabama and Auburn's number one thing. The Crimson Tide can win the next five national championships in March Madness, and that's not going to change that fact. Whereas at Kentucky, it's the exact opposite. It would take five straight national championships in football for Kentucky fans to even think about putting that sport over basketball. That's just the way it is, and there's very few programs in the country, and that's the only one in the Southeastern Conference you can say that about. Let's just think about it. Yes, Alabama and Auburn, again, for instance, have done a great job of hiring coaches in the past cycle. Clearly, the Nate Oates thing is working out wonderfully for the the Crimson Tide, and Bruce Pearl, well, we know he's a good basketball coach despite all of his numerous failings off the court as a human being but if Bruce Pearl goes away if Nate Oates goes away which one day that's going to happen well the success on the court might as well and guess what else well all those casual Alabama and Auburn basketball fans are going to disappear if you're not going to be making final fours pushing for elite eights getting a number one seed like the tide did this past season Well, it's a little bit different of a story. Sure, basketball is a great winner distraction when you're in the top five or the top ten, but I'm just telling you there's a lot more recent evidence that shows that those two particular fan bases will check out of basketball in a second if they're not up to basically elite status. And Arkansas, you know what? You just can't put them ahead of Kentucky. I'm sorry. I know they've been better Technically, they've made better runs in the tournament lately. But even in terms of just, hey, look at the Ken Palm rankings. How have they done within the conference itself? It's not as though Arkansas is dominating Kentucky or anything like that. In fact, if you want to take the years between Nolan Richardson when they were winning national championships and now between Eric Musselman, well, there was a whole lot of lean years down in Fayetteville that would have never been tolerated in Kentucky. They were just never realistic in Kentucky. So guys, I don't know. Maybe we need to take another look at the question here or something. Maybe I'm being too literal here. If you're just going to say, well, these are the best programs of last year. Well, that's a pretty boring question in my humble opinion. To me, if you're asking who are the best programs available, well, if suddenly all five of these programs, if all 14 SEC programs, even throw in Oklahoma and Texas, throw them all in there. 
You're telling me if all those jobs were available that Kentucky wouldn't be the most desirable one? If you're saying that, I'm saying you're absolutely crazy. And thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day and for you everydayers next week. Well, I had an everydayer who was upset about upset with me for not giving him credit for something in the YouTube comments. Well, for all you everydayers, I'm going to explain why I don't always read 100% of the YouTube comments. But even more importantly, we're going to have all the breaking Missouri news happening next week for you right here on Locked On Mizzou. Locked On Mizzou.